0: Welcome to Liberty Station. I am Bryce Eddy, and uh, here we are, A Threat to the Great Reset. And today we've got an exceptional guest. I am very excited to talk to this man. Our guest today is a Harvard trained psychiatrist, he's uh, consulted at government agencies. He's been working for a very long time to reform the, uh, reform the mental health field. He's the author of two dozen medical, scientific, and best-selling popular books and 70-plus scientific articles, and he has written, I think, the most comprehensive kind of global overview of what happened to us with this COVID-19 sort of great reset, and um, I love the title of his, uh, the subtitle of his book is We Are the Prey, and with that um, I have the pleasure to talk to Dr. Peter Bregan.
1: You, well, you got to give the main title, COVID-19 and the Global Predators.
0: Yes, excellent. Well, you know, what, in fact, <laughs> I'll, I'll hold it up here for the camera to see it. Um, I, I spent uh, quite a bit of time going through this thing. In fact, okay, I guess we're on this camera here. Um, and so with that, um, I I love the fact that you... Did I think probably the most comprehensive sort of you know play of of what happened? All of us you know know little parts of these things, but I mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone has laid it out better than you. So that's why I'm excited to to kind of get into and talk about some of the things that that you have in the book that I took notes on, and then also I I, I want to if we have time talk a little bit about your past and some of the work that you've done in mental health, because we have um, talked on this show multiple times in regards, because of my background, uh, in regards to active shooters and things like that, and the fact that Mm -hmm. almost all of them are on SSRIs, and we have this absolute scourge of psych medication and things like that. So anyway, uh, where do you want to begin, sir?
1: Well, it sounds like two shows. So we, we, <laughs> it we might can have focus to be. on globalism today, and perhaps on psychiatry and shooters and all those subjects on which I've written so many books and articles. Well, uh, good. i good. Well, I love would love to have emf- you back. I, I love your emphasis on the Great Reset. Um, one of the things that is um, was very, very uh, unexpected for me when I started to dive into COVID nineteen and what was going on because i don't i'm not by nature a conspiracy theorist type of guy my work would not have allowed that uh, i uh, in addition to writing all those books and scientific articles i've been a medical expert in cases often against drug companies over um, over 100 times and you'll get to testify in court in the united states and even in canada if you haven't got a really hard factual basis Uh, the judge will just throw you out of court as not being an expert on the drug companies or FDA and, uh, you know, for having outrageous theories and so on. So I have always um, stayed very, very close to and still do the facts of the matter. Um, I knew that the drug companies were very, very corrupt. So I knew they would be playing a key role in wanting to make a ton of money from uh, COVID-19. That was a given for me. I knew I was the medical expert for all the combined cases against Eli Lilly on Prozac. And that meant I had the uh, uh, carte blanche to go into the drug company files. In those days, they were actually paper and uh, not electronic and go to a big, huge room with nothing but giant cartons and be able to find my way around that was uh, in itself the task, of course. And then to start digging in to try to find out what had happened in the development of Prozac and its marketing and um, how they ignored all the uh, reports of violence, all the reports of suicide and violence and mania, including from their own uh, expert on, uh, their own in-house FDA expert on adverse effects was warning about Prozac before is ever marketed as having amphetamine-like effects, uh, that stimulant-like, cocaine-like, like cocaine-like effects, that could lead to violence, and which you mentioned often in, in association with the some of the mass murders. Not all of them by any means, but certainly some of the biggest ones, some of the worst ones. And I've been medical expert in some of those cases too. Uh, I've been uh, expert in Columbine cases. I've been an expert in. Um, uh, cases that came out of the Aurora, uh, the Aurora shooting, theater shooting. So, I give you that background to say that I didn't come from a what would be called, you know, the conspiracy, the broad view of what is going on beyond the drug companies themselves, and my, my knowledge of their profound corruption. Very early on, I didn't even want to admit it was thoroughgoing. I was just beginning when the COVID started. I. I I was beginning to listen to people telling me that the vaccine industry was even more corrupt than the psychiatric part of the industry. So I started to learn about that. I posed my first paper on vaccines overlapping. I wrote it before COVID and overlapping came out like God's hand. Uh, It came out um, at the start of uh, COVID, giving me a little credibility in vaccine area. Amen. Um, But, um, yeah, amen. Uh, But it shocked me to see, and this is so important about your emphasis on um, Klaus Schwab on the Great Reset, that back in 2010, if we just take that as a starting point, which is 10 years, a decade before COVID-19, that Bill Gates was already working with Klaus Schwab And announcing at Davos, his meeting place in Switzerland uh, for the World Economic Forum, announcing the decade of the vaccine. And if you think about it, where 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 does uh, Bill Gates and Howard Schwab, you know, get the power to announce decades? The last time I heard a decade announced, like the decade of the brain, you know, was uh, the president or the Congress.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, remarkably, and and you uh, detail this in the book and in a couple of different spots where, you know, they they're um, Klaus Schwab specifically, but Bill Gates, they all have this sort of similar attitude to where they are saying, "Hey, here's what we're going to do. This is what people want. This is what we're where we're wanting things to go." So they kind of announce that that you know we're going to be part of this big you know globalist um, you know new world order all of that sort of stuff they just come out and tell us what they're going to do, to do as if they're the ones that are in charge they're patting us little people on the head yeah. hey you know you, you little idiots here's where we're going to take you yeah. and and that that profound arrogance is the thing that I keep coming back to over and over again
1: yeah i, I talk about them as throughout the book as wanting Even more wealth, even more power, and even more grandiosity. And I think that for most of them, money is no longer the wealth is only just a route to more power. For example, Bill Gates gets more wealthy when his so-called private, uh, well, his you know, when his trusts like the Bill Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, or or, Sepi, which one people haven't heard much about that he controls when he gets money into them. That's power to him. I mean, he's not trying yeah. to buy new cars or more houses. He doesn't need money in his own pocket. He's happy to get money in the trusts that he manages and uh, often involves people like uh, Klaus Schwab in. So it looks like to me way back this whole idea of the Great Reset was firmly established in the minds of both Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and many of the corporations they were working with 10 years a- ahead of time. And um, if you think about the power of Bill Gates 10 years ago, he, has, he had been the richest man in the world for 17 straight years. I couldn't believe that when I read it. Now he's lost that position, but with that, imagine that power position, um, and and at that time, which is no longer true, Warren Buffett was his main partner. Buffett has kind of distanced himself from him during COVID, but Buffett was one of three trustees for the Bill Gates Foundation. Uh, the other two were Bill and Melinda, and and Buffett was giving more money to the Gates Foundation than uh, Bill was. And in fact, Bill Gates and Buffett, whom everybody knew, was his partner. So when he announces 10 years ago, it's the decade of vaccines, he's announcing basically for Buffett because he's bringing in the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and that's him and Buffett and Melinda, was now gone. So I got money money somewhat separately, I guess. Um, And if you just think about that, folks, just that one act, and he's doing so much more than that billionaires and wealthy organizations around the world are going to sit up and say, well, the number one and two wealthiest people in the world are telling us that the big investments for the next 10 years are vaccines. Well, that's fascinating. They must know there's a pandemic coming. And I'm sure many of them thought, had to have thought, he's got one planned. I mean, why would everybody be investing all that money? Why would he, he be going out on the limb? Is Bill Gates gonna gonna say that uh, I can invest a, a big chunk of my money, a huge amount of my time, about me and Warren and Klaus Schwab and the and the largest trust in the world for health, the Welcome Trust, was one of the founders of this whole concept of the uh, the uh, vaccine decade. So you have to slow down, folks, and think to yourself if you don't. Not comfortable being a conspiracy theorist, wouldn't, without him even collaring them, wouldn't wealthy people all over the world and wealthy corporations, and especially anybody with investments in the pharmaceutical industry, all the CEOs, be coming to him and saying, wow, Bill, let me in on this, for God's sakes. And uh, that is what happened. And he organized, uh, we'll get to that in a second. So That was 2010, and um, by 2012, Bill Gates had the World Health Organization's governing body endorsing his program, by 2012, endorsing his program. That's the Great Reset before it had a name, it's the public-private partnerships where the most powerful people, in terms of wealth, work with the most powerful people in often agencies of the federal government, like not necessarily the top of the U.N., although he's been involved, but but the the key agency for them, which was the World Health Organization or one of the organizations that's closely tied to the U.N., the the World Bank. World Bank, it turns out, is one of the greatest supporters of the power of the World Health Organization. This is something I've been just investigating lately. It's all very interesting.
0: Yeah, Um, why is that?
1: Money and power.
0: Sure. Money and power.
1: Um, So... uh, the way we originally stumbled on what I call the master plan is really interesting because there wasn't just all this going on. There was our master business plan, and for some reason, maybe uh, you know, God wakes me up at night and says, "Go and start playing on your keyboard. I've got something to find." But I think it was four in the morning that I come up with the first big lead on the master plan, and it's a, and this is all in the book. It's a. PowerPoint made by an organization set up by Bill Gates in 2015 to do nothing but make vaccines the new subject for investment. It's called CEPI, CEPI. And it's a PowerPoint from his, Gates' CEPI to the World Health Organization. And it's laying out what I initially called the master plan because I hadn't found the master plan yet behind it. I didn't know this tasted. Another plan behind this—that is absolutely the plan—and um, and in this um, this uh, PowerPoint, um, he says first of all he lays out these huge charts, and I've actually copied a few of them, photographed a few of them, and put them in the book, where he's got all these columns that he's laid out that he where he's bringing together the governments of the world, the agencies of the world. He's got the World Bank in there, and um, And he is bringing them all together, working with him, and this is 2017 that this thing is given to, delivered, summer of 2017, Uh, working with him to support the development of vaccines and produce them for the next pandemic. Again, when is it coming? Come on, Bill. When is it coming? I bet a lot of people had a pretty good idea when it was coming toward the end of the decade of the vaccines.
0: Right, right. Yeah.
1: Coincidence, coincidence. Right at the yeah, end of the Yeah, they did decade. announce it. <laughs> so, so the, oh, God. It gets worse and worse. Then there's a part of this that I photographed into the book, and that is Bill Gates... Uh, stating that the uh, pharmaceutical companies that create the, basically, uh, he's already planning in advance for Warp Speed. He started the planning for Warp Speed in 2015, so he's saying the companies that develop these platforms will have all their expenses paid, doesn't say by whom. He's arranging it with the federal government, the U.S. government. And then everybody else, Israel and everybody else follows suit to it too. All their expenses paid, including indirect costs, so they can like build in any expense they want to get paid. And if they make basically even more money than we've agreed upon, it's basically what he says. We haven't made agreement yet, but they mean then they'll give it back to our foundation, CEPI. I mean, who is this guy? He's talking about federal funding that's gonna go to places and end up back with him. It's amazing.
0: A thought, then, a thought. Just if yeah. I can interrupt oh, because a thought yeah, just occurred. Yeah, a thought just occurred to me there. So you know, when when Trump came out and announced warp speed, and uh, you know, was very excited to you yes. know, to say, "Hey, we're working together with these uh, you know pharmaceutical companies." This is the power of the government. You know, being pro business and these businesses, and we're going to create this That's thing. Right. And he was very excited about it, right? Because you know, I think you know for him this was you know him riding in on a you know on a white horse to you know help solve this exactly. problem and if you remember afterwards, you know, when he started to say, hey, I did that, you know, look at this. I created that. Big Pharma came back and said, oh, no, we've had all of this stuff in the works. I mean, they pretty much admitted that they were ready for this. It was them that did this. They were the ones that, uh, that you know, had crafted these partnerships. You know, they, they all but announced that they'd had this in the works and were ready for this years ago. Now I
1: don't I'd love a document on that because I, I I didn't know that they had actually come forward at some point to push Trump aside and say we had planned it. Well they certainly had but it wasn't even them it was basically Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, Welcome trust uh, and um, you know to them ex- some extent. I mean the degree to which they actually planned this is is just incredible because, We only approved Moderna and Pfizer. And there were dozens of companies that wanted to be in on the U.S. vaccine competition. And the only two that got through were the Bill Gates favorites that he's talking about five and ten years earlier. Pfizer was one of the earliest ones in. And it's interesting because Pfizer partners with a German company, and the German company partners with a communist country, uh, company. So all this stuff that's going on, whether you talking about passports or collecting data in Israel where Pfizer is, and all this stuff that, you know, is globalist, it's feeding. <laughs> I was on the show with an Israeli yesterday invited me to talk. Uh, and and he said uh, we we talked about I mean. You know, he's a German company. He said, "What about the Nuremberg Code? Shouldn't that remind people this German company and Pfizer are are saying they're going to use Israel as the experimental country?" Wow. Where's the Nuremberg Code? You can't... I mean, Jews were not supposed to have been given consent to, to going to a freezing experiment instead of to the gas chamber. That's not consent. That's not a choice. What are you doing? What, what's the matter with you people? So, Well,
0: um, that's an interesting thought. Wow. Well, it was
1: kind of mind-blowing. Um, and um, it's... Uh, there is such intricacies in the whole web that was built. It's quite, quite, I can hardly even begin to communicate it to you. I, I'll give you one other example that is just, a, well, let me think for a minute first about, if I wanted to say anything more about the um, the first step of two steps of getting, getting the master plan. Another thing that was in this very long and elaborate PowerPoint was a reference to that there, that there was actually a legal agreement between CEPI, the foundation run basically by Gates, and who, in the form of what's called a memorandum of understanding. And um, according to international law, unless a memorandum of understanding specifically says it's not legal, it's just an agreement, it's a binding legal agreement. And we've never found it. So any great researchers out there, I have found lots of memorandums of understanding by CEPI and by uh, WHO, but I've never found this one between CEPI and WHO. So if you've got some great researcher out there, please and um, you know, get in touch with us. But um, I didn't get in touch with us. Basically, what they did in that Memorandum of Understanding is they divided up the world, that the financial, economic side of it would be handled by Seppi and Bill Gates and organized by them, and the medical scientific would be handled by who? And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Meanwhile, our CDC actually... Passes regulations, you know, tying them to the definitions of the World Health Organization, saying, you know, if the World Health Organization declares a pandemic, we can declare a pandemic on that basis, and so on and on. So then one night, I'm still thinking plans, 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 and up pops on the screen, the SEPI preliminary business plan.
0: Hmm. Wow. Wow.
1: And you can find these in the book. You can find them on, my, on, on our website, Bregan.com, Go to the, one of the four boxes that talks about globalism, and you'll, you'll find one that says book resources in the globalism section. The Seppi business plan is a um, multicolor, glossy, pretty thick booklet which is an explanation of everything they're doing in order to, I think, show to the business world how to invest. And it's called a business plan, and it's the preliminary business plan. There never was another one. It's developed from two thousand fifteen to two thousand sixteen, and then they get the PowerPoint out in two thousand seventeen. And one of the biggest issues they they faced was how to make sure that America would declare an, um, an emergency status, the EU, the Emergency Use uh, Authorization, the EUA. How was that going to be certain to be established? Because that's the only way they could use a federal agency called BARDA. To funnel all the money back to the drug companies to pay their costs and to buy way in advance. And by then, it's, it, you know, they know it's Moderna and Pfizer. There's no competition. There's no competition. You can't find it anywhere in the Fda or any place. It's just these two companies appear, you know, it's Bill Gates's companies. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Moderna's never even had a product. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. so new. It's, I think it's, it goes back to. I. I you know, somewhere around the the time of the decade of the, of the decade of vaccines. Um, Barna would be the, by the federal legislation under the emergency use authorization, would be the ones to authorize the spending of all the money, and they would have the money. So there's an amazing coincidence that takes place. There's a fella named Rick Bright. Rick Bright is a not very auspicious member of the CDC, and he is invited to join in the development of the Sepi business plan. He's on two of their committees, he's a big deal. He's being groomed. Well, when Obama goes out of office, The CEPI plan has been being completed. And as a lame duck president in January, before the inauguration of the president, um, Obama appoints Rick to Bright to be the head of BARDA. So the head of BARDA has been working for five years with Gates and Schwab and, and I mean, can you imagine being kind of a middle level person at the C D C and you're just glorious and powerful and God knows how the money's flowing to you? You I mean do you really hang around with Bill Gates and be his boy to to be the really the unexpected control mechanism? And the federal government—it's not Fauci, it's not the FDA, it's you know, it's this guy Rick, Rick,
0: Yeah, and some Rick of these lower-level, uh, lower-level people. If we—if we ever do have you know justice being served, uh, you know, on this whole thing, which I—I'm I, not optimistic. Um, I think we're going to have to wait for God's justice. But if—if if we ever do, and they investigate these low-level or mid-level bureaucrats. Um, you know, I know so many of them have gotten fabulously wealthy and accumulated power so. from being in these positions and and being the um you know the useful idiots for the yeah. Bill Gates and and all of that of this world. And and what's what's interesting to me and you know I'm I'm a preacher's kid right and our show is is uh, you know all about fighting this great reset from a Christian perspective. Sure. And. And what I'm, I, I'm, you know, Jewish, what I'm,
1: by the way, my wife is Christian, and we're very, we're really very, uh, oriented to God and trying to figure out what we're supposed to do for him and the world. <laughs> I,
0: I, I love it. Well, and that's why, and that's why we we highlight on the show, you know, warriors such as yourself. You know, we're, we're using the, you know, the gifts God's given us in order to fight yeah. back against this. But you notice that what this is all about is it, it is a hubris on the part of these, you oh know, billionaires. God. And and they believe that they can, you know, recreate this world in their own image, and the and and they want centralized to their own control.
1: Use. I think. Let me be a little more to their. You're own right.
0: Use. You are right. They you are do right. Not
1: want it in their own image. They don't think yeah. we're in their image.
0: Yeah. No. That's a, that's peons. a great point. We're yeah scum. They they want they want to they want this uh, new world feudalism to exist where all of us uh, work yeah. in service of them, and um, I'm not sure. And I've been bringing this up a couple of times on our show, but I'm not sure if you saw the clip recently of uh, Yuval Noah Harari talking about what are we going to do with all of these useless and meaningless people. Because they envision a world where they're and this I believe is why, you know, pushing vaccines that cause harm, that you know have fertility Absolutely. issues, you know, all that stuff's starting to come out. They're they're concerned that they have yeah. to reduce the masses because what are we going to do with these useless and meaningless people if they get bored and you know rise up against us? You know, and they don't want to have to worry about that. And and the enemies of this movement are the people who believe in decentralization you know which is which is a core component of liberty you know we get to do our thing right small businesses all of those things were all orchestrated you know and your book does such an amazing job of laying out like okay here's the game that they played here's how they connected all these dots and uh, and you know so i i encourage people to pick it up because it, you've done such a good job laying out their strategy and their game anyway i i interrupted 19
1: in the global predators by the way they yeah can get COVID 19 in the global predators on the usual places like amazon you can get the ebook on amazon uh, and we make that really inexpensive so anybody can buy the book and then we sell it ourselves if you want to get away from the big stores. And and you can go to our dedicated website that's just for the book, and it's called We Are the Prey, the subtitle of the book. And... Um, and get it uh, from us. We are the We've sold over 100,000 copies. And uh, that's amazing. This was my first major book that we decided we would self publish. My wife actually created a publishing company and and we self published the book. We thought we, because we knew we could not control it if we had a publishing company, they they could do anything they want. They can change the title, they can decide they're yeah. not interested, they cannot promote you. Um, they can give you your money back, whatever they want to do. Um, and well, it's, um,
0: it, it's a published? very approachable. Sorry, it's a very approachable read too. Um, oh, you know, you do a, you do a very good job of of taking you know this complex web of this whole entire story and and laying it out. You know, beautifully. It's well written, um, well researched, and uh, and I think you do a really good job because this you. is such a big subject.
1: We took a a year and a half, and this. These this elderly couple worked 12, 13 hours some days of, <laughs> every day of the week. I will bet we did not work on any single day for 18 months together.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway. amen for uh, for get, you know God's blessing and all that energy He gave you there. Oh
1: my God! So let me finish up on the Rick Bright story, and then we can take a breath and decide, um, you know, how's our yeah. time going. So um, so they get they get Obama to a point after Obama's already lost the election—no, um, uh, it wasn't Obama, but after the Democrats have lost the election. And um it's Rick Bright, and he now becomes—overnight, he's now an associate director of HHS, the largest agency in the—or uh, deputy director, I forget the word—of uh, HHS, Health and Human Services, and the director of BARDA. So he's now in a very powerful but relatively unknown position. Well, probably the key—well, uh, then I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one other thing. So they own Rick Bart. Bill Gates and Seppi own them. He is a part of their community. He's on two of their committees. He has helped develop their uh, plan. I'm sure he had no input at all of importance, because these are all just functionaries under their They're puppets of the puppet masters. Um, they don't change anything so maybe make it worse. You can tell, well, Bell, hey, yeah, Bell. If you look at this, we can screw him this way. You know, maybe, maybe a yeah. few, few, few things. Well, there had been a previous head of Bard, Barda, for five years, a man named Hatchet, and it was a doctor, and he had headed Barda for five years and as acting director, and then for a year he actually was in charge. Okay, so they've got the new director. So what do they do? They hire Hatchet to be the lifetime CEO of their SEPI organization. Wow. No, other people have not found this. And I'm not surprised you're smiling like holy crow. I mean, when I found it, it was holy crow. It's pretty obvious stuff, but there's so much stuff. Who, who, who wants to do this? So they've now owned they have now own BARDA. They've got the guy who's been there for five years as their CEO for life, which I'd never heard of before. Sometimes they say permanent and sometimes it's for life, it's the same thing. And, um, and they've got that. So then comes the most critical moment in the uh, history probably of um, COVID-19 and hence of a lot of Western history. <clears throat> and that is Trump has now been in communication with Zev Zelenko who, who created the treatment with, not created, he figured out of his research mind and talking with doctors around the country and the world very early, that if you used hydroxychloroquine in combination, especially uh, with zinc, but other medications too, as a doctor would treat a serious viral pneumonia, uh, including, you know, steroids and um and also uh, uh, anti-clotting agencies, because this disease of this odd clotting, clotting horror. And uh, he get he he uh, makes a video and he and he gets it to Trump. He 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 communicates with Trump through meet through meeting Rudy Giuliani. They go to lunch. They talk. And he has this huge influence. Remember, then Trump uses hydroxychloroquine. And he announces that on TV, and I'll never forget, I don't even want to remember his name, this Fox News guy who's saying, right after Trump says this, he's a murderer, he's killing people. Hydroxychloroquine kills people. Actually, hydroxychloroquine, and I'm a real expert on adverse drug effects. That's probably 70 percent of my testimony was with the drug companies and, and in these shootings and things like that. It's about adverse drug effects. And uh, hydroxychloroquine, one of the safest drugs ever made, ever used, and so is ivermectin yeah. as follow-up. So Trump now wants to release hydroxychloroquine and declare it a drug that everybody can use. And what would this do? Well, it would do two things. One, it would invalidate the um, the EUA. The whole mm-hmm. emergency thing, the 10 years of planning, everything I've talked about, written about books, will go in one hour, because the EUA is a provision that you can only do these emergency things if you don't have an effective, safe treatment that's been approved by the FDA for some purpose or another, so it's safety cleared. And so now you have a safety cleared drug, which no company owns. It's been used for 50 or more years, hydroxychloroquine. People have taken yeah, it their no, entire no lives. No money to be made from it. There's no money to be made, and it's completely safe, so you can't argue against the safety. People have literally taken it their whole lives to treat malaria, prevent malaria, to treat inflammatory diseases like uh, lupus, uh, like uh, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, a commonly used drug. Um so that would be the death knell of the whole EU. And furthermore, since the drug, and the best studies done by, by one of the men who wrote an introduction to, by the way, Zev Zelenko I talked to about, he wrote an introduction to our book. And so did uh, Peter McCullough, who did the base, uh, followed yeah, up with the most scientific eyes. studies. He's a real scientist, McCullough. Uh, um, Zev, as he says, is a clinician to the clinician and McCullough's the clinician, but also the the scientist. And um, McCullough's study shows that hydroxychloroquine prevents 75% of deaths and 87% of hospitalizations if used early on in proper proportions with other drugs.
0: Well, their reaction, their reaction to that was the moment that in real time, in my mind, was when the mask slipped. Oh, yeah. okay. I see what they're trying to do here. Then it was very clear because you you started to have the you know the average people get hope, and average people went, "Oh, hey, there's a treatment for this," you That's know, right. and, and we that started gaining
1: vaccines. Yeah, that started to gain through, a little steam. We can wait for them twenty years for vaccines. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you saw the panic on their side of it, going, "Whoa, whoa, yeah. we're going to lose control of this game that we're playing here." So let's uh, let's, you know, do what we can to discredit all of this and let's do what we can to punish the doctors that are promoting it. So anyway, go on.
1: Well, so President Trump now orders the release of I think it was 60 million doses and 60 or 80 million doses of hydroxychloroquine for distribution to the public pharmacies, any places needed, hospitals. And HHS is who he announces it to. They are the overview. They are the organization under which the CDC, the FDA, and Sparta work. And uh, HHS doesn't want this. The FDA doesn't want this. They're all globalists in cahoots. And so they work with Rick Bright. And Rick Bright refuses to release, against the president of the United States, and he then portrays himself before Congress as this beleaguered whistleblower when he's a plant. Mm. It's so ironic. And he stops, stops the saving of lives. He's a mass murderer. He stops the use. The collateral damage is mass murder.
0: Wow. Well, he's going to be on my because- pray for justice list. <laughs> you
1: got to. I don't want to ban your pray for justice listen. <laughs> so it's um it's an amazing. I mean, I like the Rick Bright story because it shows you it shows people who can't believe all these villains are planning and they're and making their plans work. Because, you know, plans fall apart. Yeah. You know, people don't want to believe this. Well, look at the Rick Bright story and the and where they get Rick Bright and Hatchet the two people who dominate and have dominated part of, they get them to work for them before yeah. COVID-19.
0: Yeah. And I see, and I see all this stuff, you know, cause people, people don't believe um, like, like you said, okay, how do these plans not fall apart? How, how do they coordinate yeah. this stuff? How do people keep the um, you know, keep this train on the tracks? You know, we're all yeah. human beings. We all have our self-interest. So two things that I think of there is um, you know, don't don't um, don't be surprised that people when when all of their aims are towards accumulating power and wealth and all that stuff, they, they, they tend to all be as you
1: mentioned. Yeah. Grand, they, they want to be the grand people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They t- they tend to be, you know, able to kind of all row in the same direction. So it's not that yes. hard to believe, you know, their 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 self-interests are aligned. Then you know, as the preacher's kid in me thinks about too, is we also have a great enemy that that uh, you know helps to um, orchestrate these things and make sure that these interests are aligned because they're you know aligned in his interest. Um, and and so you know yeah. we see this stuff play out.
1: It really does fit a Christian theology, a Jewish theology, very much. It's been stunning to me how. Um, This group of people, and and you're an example of this, I mean, when I was, um, I was known as the conscience of psychiatry, I was the critic of drugs and psychosurgery, actually stopped, I stopped psychosurgery with a massive five-year campaign, most of it isn't done anymore in the Western world, Um, but I mostly was working with progressives. And mostly the wounded people were supporting me. I had no support from the institutions at all. I had no big-name doctors at all supporting what I was doing. And it was a very lonely place. And um, it was very interesting because eventually uh, we thought we were going to kind of retire 20 years ago. And we gave our, my wife was done running our organization 20 years ago. She was 51. And um, we gave it over to people who had actually deceived us and didn't like us. Oh, wow. Because um, I remember they were complaining about, um, about Trump and Sarah Palin, and I guess it was Sarah Palin they were complaining about at the time in a group at the lunch that we were having. And, you know, I'm um, there. Now they're getting to be their retired boss or close to it. And I said, Ginger's my Sarah Palin. She's even Sarah and writ large. And it was like, they want to kill me. Mm-hmm. Well, they ended up controlling the organization. And um, in a way we didn't like. <laughs> but, but my wife, she smelled them for years ahead of me. She never trusted them. With her straightforward Indiana Christianity and uh, and uh, homespun um, and real life, real life experiences she's had, so she didn't, she never gave them the URL to wow. the organization. And not only that, she paid for it. She didn't even tell me. She, she <laughs> maybe she would have thought I would have said, "Honey, you got to let them pay for you." gotta <laughs> I don't know. I got to go and ask her. And um, so she just turned them off. She turned off their website.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. So then they well, sued you.
1: us. Well, they sued us and they charged us with criminal conduct. Theft oh, or wow. something. And then it went to an arbitration uh, under one of the great big organizations that handles the URLs. I forget its name. And uh, it turned out that indeed... In, while they had some small oh, and then Ginger came up with the idea of, of this is your brand. They're selling your brand. This was her legal concept. She researched right. it and gave it to our lawyer. And the way we show it's our brand is if you, if you look up, if you search the organization name, the International Center for the Study of Psychiatry and Psychology, you might get three hundred thousand links to bragging, literally. Mm. But if you go and you link the chairman, the new chairman, he's got three, or the most well-known of the cabal has ten. So right. she made a big argument that the lawyers made for us on branding. And um, they, um, the arbitrator said that, well, they had some claim to the organization. They were running it. But on the other hand, uh, the Breggins, um owned the URL and had been paying for the URL of the organization, basically the name of it. And um, furthermore, it's their brand. Amen. And he gave <laughs> it to us. It's, God, they went. You know how progressives get when they lose? Oh my yeah. God! They, they, <laughs> they would. <laughs> so we, we've been. A, We've kind of learned about these people because that goes back 20 years, you know, wow. how the progressives were. Conservatives, we have to learn not to be insidious and liars. But we need to learn to take over organizations and run things and particularly fend off their taking over organizations, which they do all the time. Yeah, yeah uh, Rob, up, you
0: know. Rob McCoy, uh, you know, our, our co-host um, and, and, you know, fearless leader on this show, uh, talks about being dangerous and wise and that's what conservatives and Christians and, you know, people of faith have not been for many years. And we've allowed all of our institutions to be taken over. And we've allowed exactly. a lot of these things to, to happen where we saw this slow-moving train. Anybody who's been paying attention, you know, for the last 30 or 40 years, you know, saw this game coming together. You know, not everybody, you know, was as astute as you are in putting all the pieces together. But all of this alignment of this attack on our sovereignty, you know, as individual human beings on up to, you know, our nation states, you know, it's all been an attack on sovereignty for them to gain power and control and tell us what to do. Um, And and most of the time what they're telling us to do violates us, you know, physically or, you know, violates our conscience. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Let me... um finish up the show, maybe 10, 12 minutes or so, um, by talking about what the threats are right now.
0: Yeah, please.
1: Well, first of all, these are just the threats I'm focused on. There are threats everywhere. I mean, there are threats at the border. There are threats at the ballot box. And we've got a lot of people specializing in different areas. I got involved in the globalization area. the United States is trying to use the World Health Organization to become the dictator of global health. This is mind-blowing. There are two separate events, and to my shock, a coalition of us, I think also supported by the, some African leaders, has won the first round, but there's another bigger round coming. So yeah. um, there are two different issues. The World Health Organization, interestingly enough, was working with um, the uh, um, World Bank in developing its plans, shows these coalitions, developing its plans have more power. The United Nations, of which the World Health Organization is a part, wants to run the world. They never will. They are run by the communist Chinese, who, by the way, in the book, there's an enormous amount about how the Chinese... Of working with our globalists our president Biden his corruption how they are working with Bill Gates uh, most people don't know Bill Gates has gotten two of the highest honors the Chinese can give to a foreigner uh-huh. um, <clears throat> the um, by the way almost anything I say on the air uh, you can look in my book or you can Google I mean, go Google. Bill Gates gets Chinese awards. Once you know what you're looking for, there's many things yeah, you can find things. Well, so that, that's anything, the, that's you. the funny you thing find.
0: about yeah, that's the funny thing about the the label conspiracy theorist. you yeah. know, which uh, you know, I remind people on the show all the time that that term was coined and invented by the CIA and our intelligence agencies because as we as uh, just normal citizens got close to things they uh they dismissed it by saying oh you know they're just a conspiracy theorist and they also did fun things by putting really wild conspiracies out there into the ether that yes. silly people grab hold of so that they could dismiss both the things that are true and the things that are false you know so so we're 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 always living in that but to your point this stuff is right out there in their own documents, in their own words. You can you, you can have videos of Bill Gates talking about these plans, Klaus Schwab talking about these plans. So none of this is actually hidden.
1: No, it, 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 uh, it really isn't hidden at all. In fact, on uh, January, and this was my first clue that something really weird was going on. And no one else picked up on this. And, and it was very strange to me that nobody did. But on January 24th, of this year, um, Tedros was addressing his committee, his executive committee of the World Health Organization, and talking about making treaties with individual nations to give to WHO basically their sovereignty over anything pertaining remotely to global health. So there wouldn't be a, a, an independent response to a pandemic or a global warming or any of the things. They, they even define war as a public health problem. Tedros has gone to the Ukraine said uh, war is a disease, you know. So, you know, they can do almost anything, and they've been picked now by, by the globalists to be the spearhead. They've done such a great job with COVID-19 and screwing the world that— um, they're really building it up. So what I read, I'm going to read this because I don't want to miss a word of it, what he said to on both video, we've of course checked the video and his publication, he said to his committee is that his, his fifth priority, which was his major one, is strengthening WHO as the leading and directing authority on global health at the center of the global architecture. The global health architecture, and the World Bank was supporting this. The U.S. was supporting this. The um, very globalist um, EU, the um, European Union, big supporters of this, and and everybody was voicing this. So we've got this. Uh, for folks want to get to this, I'll give them an easy way. Uh, what I'm talking about now, we've put it on one single place on Bregan.com. Bregan.com is our uh, website. And by the way, if you want to stay in touch with our work, go to Bregan.com and get the Bregan Alerts. We, it's Excellent. a tremendous newsletter run by Ginger, Bregan Alerts. It's um, pithy and it keeps you up with us and other breaking news. Um we have an amazing to show you how loyal folks are. Usually, the opening rate on the on email newsletter type things is about five or eight percent. We have a fifty percent opening rate, um, so it's a really quite and forty five thousand, four forty six thousand um, people signed up. But um, the so he's an, he's announcing this as a part of the treaty making he wants to do so i began to do a you know big critique of this and um, in the middle of this in april uh, another another individual comes up with a stunning discovery that our um, hhs again the uh, both the director and uh, as i started to research it and the Uh, Deputy Director for World Affairs have submitted to the World Health Organization amendments to the official regulations of the World Health Organization. So we're already obliged by having joined the World Health Organization because Trump quit and then very quickly Biden put us back in. We're obliged to follow these rules and regulations. The WHO is by, by national law, so international law we've signed on, and so is the WHO, and so on. <clears throat> and what this, what the U.S. amendments did, oh, and I can tell you how you can get to that directly. That's what I forgot to tell you. Go to 123newsflash.com. 123newsflash.com.
0: Really
1: this is my brilliant wife and www.123newslash.com, and you'll get our writings on these subjects um, and and links, tons of links, including the uh, links directly to these amendments. Well, the, the amendments did two things. First, they drew a line through every place where Tedros had to answer to a sovereign nation. So he could declare on his own impressions—help oh, So me God, it's that vague—his own impressions um, and his own preconceived ideas of what is a, a potential global emergency, even potential, I mean, it's very, very weak. And, and he, can, he can actually intervene in any way he can in, in that nation's affairs, even against their will, not only without their permission. Now, before it required their permission, and that's been struck out, and then put in is even against their will.
0: Wow.
1: And they can marshal all of the forces um, of the U.N. to censor or humiliate or pressure, and also relevant other relevant world agencies, so they can bring in the World Bank, the IMF, anybody they want. So it, while they can't go in there and send you to jail if you don't let them inspect your, your country or pay, and if you don't obey the rules they've set down for you, closing your borders or whatever, or, or allowing you and inspectors in, so this gave them enormous power. And it um, it it turns out, well, it, it it's released to the public quite indirectly. I mean, it wasn't openly released. April mid-April, we find out that they're voting on it on May 21 to 28. It was like six weeks or something. They were going to vote on these things at the meeting of the World Health Organization's governing body, which is the World Health Association, so WHO, WHA, Association, in in um, Geneva, Switzerland. And um, then we find out, um, that actually, these things were submitted to the World Health Organization four days before the January 18th announcement by Tedros that he wanted to take over global health. And they'd been kept hidden, except to the countries who were getting it and looking at and deciding how they wanted to vote. Now, Not only did the U.S. submit these, but then, on I won't bother you with the dates, but on a follow-up to the WHO, the um, Associate Director for Global Health announced that we had put together a huge coalition of countries to support these amendments to make WHO the dictator of global health. And it included the entire EU. It included Great Britain, which is moving out of the EU, India, Japan, and some South American countries. There were a total of over, I think, around 40 nations supporting. So it was a shoo-in to get through. Communist China is nowhere to be seen. And so the claim was made by US congressmen. We started to work with Congress, do things we used to do when we were kids, Junior and I. And other people came forward. Um, and um, like the Foreign Relations Committee of the House said, this is no threat to us. It's actually aimed at communist China. Well, who mm-hmm. never does anything against communist China? Tedros is a communist. No, they're
0: owned. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: their own. He's a communist agitator and a communist thug. So we had only six weeks, um, but and by say we, it was a there's a quite a core of us, but we had no idea yeah. that we
0: could cut we'll called the Coalition for Liberty. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and that small portion of it, and but but they actually did, did not submit the amendments as planned. They yeah. submitted the exact shell with the 40, all the support, everything, the same title, exact shell, but the only change was uh, in regulations concerning the, the length of some time period or another that it wasn't absolutely critical. So in a way, they still have the shell in place. They could pass it next year with ease or a special session with ease all over again. So that's there. Meanwhile, they are pursuing making treaties. And we now know—and this is so important, folks, listen to this—we now know that the Biden administration is going to sign a treaty, because they have already submitted these uh, amendments, which accomplish the same thing as the treaties would, of handing over the uh, sovereignty on global health issues. It's really the beginning of globalization of the, of the sovereign nations of the world. Now, interestingly enough, in addition to um, this, the U S people, one of the major objectors were some of the folks in Africa. I think that the Africans are really getting an idea of exactly what Bill Gates has always intended for them, and they're not very happy about it because there are some real horror stories. Actually, I can can promote somebody else's work. I forget the exact name of it, but um, um, Bobby Kennedy's organization has has now put out a film on... um,
0: Yeah, Children's Health Defense. Um,
1: Children's Health Defense, a film on... The abuses of vaccines in Africa causing purposely cause using the flu vaccine to cause infertility in Africa.
0: Yeah, no. And, and there, that, that was their game, um, I believe. These things are intentional, um, not unintentional. And we're seeing this now. Well, the, the, the main thing that, that, you know, as we have to close here, I want to I want to leave with the folks this battle that you're describing about the globalization of, of our health and all of that is not over. You know, we've, we, we have been able to successfully fend oh, it's off getting, it's some getting of this worse stuff,
1: and worse now.
0: but they're, they're, they're going after this and they, um, They will not, unless we totally defeat these people, there's no compromise with the globalists. There's no compromise with the people that want to steal our sovereignty. There's no compromise with the people that want to, you know, force and mandate vaccines like this on us. All of this stuff is a battle that we are in for the long haul, and we really can't relax.
1: Absolutely. Um, one of the things that the research for the book did for me, which it can now do for other people is enabled me to look at, at things I never uh, would have looked at, like the Ukraine war. I'll give you a simple example, the Ukraine war. I could never have looked at it the way I do now. So yeah. my first thought is, okay, um, the globalists are doing everything. They're involved with everything. and the Chinese are involved in everything. So uh, what, what's, what are they getting out? What's every side getting out of the Ukraine war? Well, first, yep. there's the military-industrial complex. So when um, when uh, the president gives $50 billion, not to the American people, but to the Ukrainians, it isn't going to put bacon and eggs on the tables of Ukrainian people. It's fueling the military-industrial complex, which is part of globalism, a big corporate world, big well, corporate it's, it's America. Corrupt-
0: it's corrupt money laundering, too, because it's it's one of their and it always has been the seed of a globalist money laundering scheme. Ukraine, you know, and that that evidence goes that's way right. back.
1: We were involved with they were involved heavily with the Biden family. Yep. But that's just the beginning. So I wanted to think, find out some more. So this nice President Zelensky, is that his name? I haven't pronounced yeah. it in a lab. Yep. So who's yep. he? Wait, wait. He's saying that Trudeau is the reason he went from being a comedian to a politician. Trudeau's his hero. I got these photos of little mm-hmm. him looking up at tall, lanky Trudeau. Then, that's not an aspersion on little people, folks. I'm five foot four. But <laughs> so, and he, uh, um, so then I look a little further. Wait. He's a fan of the Great Reset. Yeah. He's speaking at Klaus Schwab's Davos meetings. Yeah. Wait. He's threatening to get involved with the NATO. NATO is basically the globalist army. It's their only army, really. The Chinese got theirs, and if they have an army, it's probably NATO, which is a new insight. I didn't have that when I wrote the book. But shows you what just looking at the principles could do. So then I said, well, what's going on here? Well, wait. The first thing they did to go after Trump was to say that he and Putin were in cahoots. Yep. So— why would you want to knock off or humiliate? By the way, they never want to knock off their enemies. They don't want to knock off. That's bullshit. They don't want. to – Excuse me. That's bull. They they don't want to <laughs> knock off Putin. They want to make war against him.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's no, much more war,
1: much more remunerative.
0: But yeah, yeah. Want, war, war makes money in this in this context, money. here.
1: But they want to. They want to subdue Putin. Why would they simultaneously think in their their closed rooms that the best thing they could do would be to link and and, and humiliate both Trump and Putin? Well, Putin's an anti-globalist.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: His chief writers have written anti-globalist stuff. They know that they see the West as, as this globalist enemy. And... Putin wants his own limited empire of the Ussr.
0: Yeah.
1: restored. His own empire would certainly be a thorn in the side of globalism. Yep. So why would they provoke a war with him? Well, in part, and they did provoke it, folks, you, you, you cannot, you can't put another NATO nation on the, on the border, be like putting them in Florida or Mexico, putting them in Mexico yeah. Yeah. for us, putting rockets in Mexico for us. So the web is so tangled, but you can pull it apart. And what did they do against against Putin? I don't know, know anybody else that talks this way, really. It would be interesting if you know anybody else. What they did was they used the global banking network
0: to go after him. Yep. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show. Yeah. Oh, good, good,
1: good, good. Yeah, so you're really on top. So you've got you've got their global network being used to attack Russia through the banking. And who who's supporting that? Um think, the head of BlackRock, because he likes to at least he likes to be this great globist. He feigns feigns being woke. He's this he's woke as my dog. He didn't care about woke, (laughs) but he cares about global control. Yeah, no, and and these people,
0: uh, this is a good time to remind, you know, it's very clever because Putin is no hero, you know, he's not somebody that we should admire, Um, and the the real people that are suffering are the Russian people and the Ukrainian people, which none of these folks, yeah, amen. Who are funding
1: that, sending
0: troops to the borders, go ahead none of these people none of these people that are promoting this globalist agenda care about the people that are involved at that Zero. level at all they don't they don't care but what's brilliant about the game that they've played is that they can call those of us that question the motives of this thing that oh, we're Putin apologists. Oh, we're you know we're down for Putin. You know, oh, Trump was in bed for Putin. All the tr- all the Trumpians, right. you know, they play that game, and it's it's really brilliant. Um, but but the, the fact is is Putin is not down with the globalist cause, yeah. and we do share that in common.
1: Yeah, let me leave leave folks with um, a closing thought about what what this, for example, the war and and a lot of other things are doing. The the globalists, like Bill Gates and Michael Bloomberg and um, uh, um, the guy who funds all our attorney generals and stuff, um, Soros. Yeah, George Soros. Um, all of these people are very naive about working with communist China. Yes. All of our tech people who work with China, all one of the things the book shows, which was a total shock, I say it in the book, I never looked for this, this is not a part of my bailiwick, every single globalist I could dig into was related to China. Talked up China, talked down America, vested in China, all of them. All of them. This was really quite strange. You read the book, it's every one of them that I picked out to look at ends up being that way. And that happened after I picked the gold list and started just looking, who are they? I mean, could I find a top ten billionaire who wasn't in the U.S. who wasn't invested in China? I couldn't.
0: No. Yeah.
1: I could only find one who ever said anything nice about America out of the top ten billionaires, and they were all—and all but one was—you know—really after Trump. Um, What what they're ignoring is that the Chinese, unlike them, have an ideology and have a tradition. The globalists have no nations. Bill Gates doesn't have a nation. Schwab doesn't have a nation. The Chinese have a long history of empires, which they deeply admire. Violent, controlling empires who are already managing to control free speech before there were any communication systems, other than, you know, there's uh, running around and reading things. No, they want to
0: bring back their dynasties.
1: They want to bring back the dynasties. And the other thing people don't realize is that Marxism is in a form of imperialism. And Mm -hmm. it's global. It's workers of the world unite. It's not Chinese workers unite, Russian workers unite. It's workers of the world unite so we can take over as your elite and run the world. So the Chinese will be motivated and have the power to destroy what I call now the Western Empire, the Eastern Empire, when Gates gets through with ruining the U.S. and uh, and all these guys Soros, they all want to ruin the U.S. When they get through with it, the communists are going to take over the world, and they'll eat the globalists alive. they they've already got uh, their own um, digital currency, uh, Schwab. They can overnight pronounce everybody else's money worthless when they run the world. It yep. will be, a, and they're building these these. This, uh, was it the belt? I always want to call it the Belt and Road But it's the Belt and What is it called? The thing they're building around the world um, Oh yeah, I, yeah Instead of the silk Thing it's the But anyway They, they are building an empire around the world right now And um, That's who's going to run things When they weaken us enough We'll be a thousand years under the Chinese empire The answer well, to it all Is a strong America
0: that's the theme. That then. is Yeah, that that, a constitutional uh, that is true.
1: Global, patriotic, God loving, God fearing United States of America is all that stands in the way of the globalists and the Chinese communists taking it over and then the communists taking over the globalists. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I have a I have a dim view of whether our republic is going to survive, but where our superpower is right now, it's in community. And the way we restore America is by restoring our local communities and our small businesses, and you know, and we, we get you know very strong at our core, and then and then that's the only way. Um, that plus a you know great awakening of faith and you know people who have moral conscience. That's how we win um, in the long term here. And so that's an excellent way to kind of end the show. I would love to have you back because I do want to get deep on our next conversation um, about the, um, you know, medicating children and some of the things that have gone on with psych meds and everything that has just been a scourge, um, you know, over the last, you know, 20 plus years here. Um, So if uh, if we could do that at some point, I would love to have you back. You've been great.
1: Happy to do that. and I'll give a hint about it. And by the way, just email us and Ginger will do it. I'll tell you yeah, sure. to set us up for whenever you want and the, past, in
0: the yeah, future. and and give us that Yeah, whenever. Yeah, give us uh, give us that uh that, that last um, little thought there on it and then um, I- and then let's plug your plug your website again.
1: <laughs> I've lost my last little thought.
0: Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Well, well, oh, listen. Goodness. We'll save it for we'll save it for um, the next what, what show.
1: What were we talking about?
0: We we were talking about the uh, the, um, the medicating of kids, and oh, you know, yes, you were going to yes, say a little yes. sneak my peek there. My last
1: little thought is about my wife. Um, she was telling me before I understood what she was talking about, and this this is a link for your public to the Great Reset and psychiatry and all that. That I, she said, you know, I was fighting the. Um, Worldwide psychosurgery back in 1973, 74, 75 before I knew Ginge, just I actually met her briefly then. It's another story, but um, she is started pointing out to me at the start of COVID that psychiatry was the cutting edge of transhumanism. Hmm. And that I said, well, first of all, exactly what is transhumanism? I mean, I mean, we. A lot we between the two of us. I mean, we're really reading everything from neurology text to conspiracy theory books, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah well, we got to. What the world's going on here? But,
0: well, um, well, it's great. Yeah, that. Well, we've talked about that a little bit on our show, and we've had you know guys like Patrick Wood on, and and um, y- you know who who goes into that. So, yeah. Well, I cool. want to, um, yeah, I want to explore that with you, and we'll we'll do we'll do another episode because it would be great. We could go we could go deep into that. Um, again, um, you know, your uh, website is bragan.com and uh, I know people should sign up for your newsletter there, and also get you know get a copy Breaking of this alerts. book yeah yeah and this, the book uh, you can
1: get it on amazon very quickly um or um books a million or barnes and noble any of the big places amazingly they've not clamped down on us and as far yeah. as we know you know what to do behind the scenes and it's uh, also um on we you can get it from us at a reduced slightly reduced rate right great.
0: great well that's that's where they should go anyway to support you so, well, thank you, sir. I, I really appreciate you spending this time with me, and um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sign out now by saying we have to continue to get involved and be a threat to the Great Reset, and uh, we are grateful for the people who are fighting every day. Um, we need to be paying attention to this stuff, and I am uh, Bryce Eddy here at Liberty Station, and thank you for uh, uh, spending this time on our show.